Hello, everybody, and welcome to Typhoon Talks. My name is Michael Grady. I am a consultant here with the firm, joined by my co-host, Chen Yang. Welcome, Chen. Hello, everyone. Also joined by another consultant with the firm and our uh, resident guest, Arthur Lee. Welcome, Arthur. Hi, nice to be here. This episode will be the pilot for a new series that we're kicking off focusing on how our firm Typhoon utilizes one of the more unique, in our opinion, human capital management tools, the predictive index. In other words, we're going to be talking about how we manage people. Arthur is our resident, as they're called, PI practitioner within our consulting practice, so he'll be doing most of the um, the teaching and leading us through some of the, the value that these kind of behavioral assessments can provide um, for teams, for individuals, and you know, broader applications in the workplace. So we often hear that in some companies, although there are a lot of talents, they're unable to cooperate or work at high efficiency. What drives performance in an organization and what are some predictors? That's a good question, Chen. So uh, from a consulting perspective, we can look at drivers for an organization in three buckets. Uh, usually they relate to people, process and technology. Process is quite straightforward. You've got various uh, tools that you can leverage to improve organizational performance. You can look at your target operating model. You can look at re-engineering your processes. You can look at ways to reduce uh, waste and uh, lean activities. Similar with technology, there's so many enablers that are available. Um, software as a package to solve business solutions, uh, software as a service, uh, ways to automate uh, your processes, um, robotics is coming into the big picture, AI and, and data. Uh, people is the interesting one. People are complex and if you think about how you manage people, you need to think about from an end-to-end -end perspective, from hiring to retiring, what are the levers that are available? Uh, in most service organisations, which are the clients that Typhoon deal with the most, um, people we find are underutilised and for a lot of managers, it's always been a challenge to get the best out of people. So one of the things that we try to do is to use um, tools or techniques or behavioural um, assessments to get an understanding of how people operate, understand their drivers, and once you know their drivers, then you can better you know, manage and, and leverage these um, uh, your people in the workforce. Great, yeah, I mean, that's amazing introduction um, to behavioural assessments in general. Uh, just to jump right into the the PI specifically, and, and for anybody else, um, list, for any of our listeners, when I say PI, I'm just referring to predictive index, this specific behavioral assessment tool. Um, so yeah, you talked a lot there about the the drivers and predictors of of performance, uh, but can you tell us a little bit about how these work into the PI, or just you, if you want to start off, just the origin of the predictive index? Um, generally, and the, how the, the framework kind of measures out in vis-a-vis -vis these drivers and predictors. Yep. Sure thing, Michael. So um, to understand the, the PI, the predictive index, we need to go back to, uh, I think, um, the Renaissance period of behavioural assessments, which occurred after the Second World War in the 1950s, when behavioural science really took off in, uh, uh, in the United States. And a lot of uh, psychologists and behavioural scientists were sharing their research, uh, you know, into corporates. Um, the predictive index was founded in the 1950s and as an assessment it looks at understanding people's motivational needs. Um, our needs basically then manifest into behaviours. 
the predictive index uh, as a behavioural assessment looks at what are personal needs, which then manifest into behaviours, because then you can then predict what we call workplace performance. So effectively, why do people have a preference to behave and do things in a particular way? Uh, there's always been a question of whether or not behaviour and personality is nature versus nurture. Uh, the PI doesn't actually look at that, it just looks at an individual from a, this is how individuals are likely to behave based on uh, their motivations. So if managers uh, or clients or people you work with have a better understanding of what drives you as an individual, then you can get the best performance out of them. Uh, the PI is a very easy to administer tool and um, because of that it uh, allows for a common language and makes it easy for uh, uh, people like us in the workforce where we're not behavioural scientists that can have common language to discuss uh, what, what drives people as an individual. So apart from PI, there are also a lot of other personality tests out there in the market. So can you just name a few and tell us the differences between this test and the PI? Sure, Chen. So for those who've worked uh, in uh, or dabbled in behavioural sciences or had the opportunity to do a lot of, um, you know, upskilling. Um, probably in the market there's a, a few leading behavioural assessments. The Myers-Briggs uh, type indicator or the MBTI is probably the most popular one. Um, you can do these on the internet, uh, social media. Uh, there's also one called uh, DISC which is also very famous. There's the Herman Brain Dominance Model. Um, there's Profiles International, Hogan Assessments. Uh, the market is you know, quite saturated with a lot of these behavioural assessments. They all operate slightly differently. So some behavioural assessments look at understanding uh, basically personality types. It's a bit of a black box. You answer some uh, questions and they give you a result of, you know, where you sit on a personality spectrum. Some of them measure uh, your response to, you know, stressful situations. So there's a core self and how you as an individual will behave differently in terms of stress. Some of um, the assessments look at how your thinking style works, so your preference and bias over time. The key difference here with the predictive index is it's uh, a very short and easy to administer test. Most participants take around five to ten minutes to complete the test. It's a test that uh, is not question-based. It's a stimuli response test. So you're given a set of words and uh, we ask our respondents to select words that most resonate with them um, in a particular you know, situation. Based on that, you get a quite a very accurate view of, uh, as a whole individual, what you know, motivates you and you know, what are your, your key drivers. Um, it's quite easy to understand. We look at your factors based on, um, I guess, four categories. We measure them uh, on dimensions of what we call dominance, extroversion, patience and formality. Um, they're easily termed A, B, C and D. Uh, there's actually a lot of detail on the Predictive Index website that describes the, the factors in more detail, but um, using this it becomes a very easy common language for us to compare and contrast individuals in terms of what drives them. So based on the four factors, how can we or managers use them in work management? Very another good question, Chen. I think the key here is a lot of people see behavioural assessments as quite a bit of like a novelty. It's like getting uh, your your horoscope being read. But the, the difference with the predictive index is that you can apply the, the results in a very scientific way throughout the employment life cycle. So in terms of hiring and selection, 
uh, your predictive index results can give you an indicator of uh, how you will behave in a particular situation. Uh, a good example would be in the world of consulting, uh, where we administer the PI results for, for even the team internally in Typhoon. We're looking for consultants that have a certain fit, like um, you know the ability to work in high-pressure environments, the ability to respond quickly uh, in an environment that's dynamic and changing, the ability to deal with ambiguity, uh, the ability to take lead as required uh, and from direction from the client, but also to be a, a trusted advisor and to be able to share uh, you know, your, your thought process and, and be open and transparent. Now, on the face of it, you may think that uh, these are skills and competencies that you should have as a professional, but the PI results actually indicate that there will be individuals who are more likely to behave in this uh, way uh, based on who they are as individuals. So it helps with the selection criteria of staff. Another interesting insight about the PI is that from a job fit perspective, as people grow in their careers and look for professional development, the PI results are like a rubber band. You know, the, the results can, can stretch and skew over time. So as people approach greater leadership roles and take on greater accountability, the PI can actually give some really good uh, coaching as well as personal development guidelines on if you need to step up from uh, let's say an individual contributor role to a leadership role where um, people have certain development opportunities. And I think from a retention perspective uh, which is equally important we're driven by different things so understanding what drives people uh, inherently what are their motivators and we're not talking about intrinsic uh, extrinsic values such as you know money or you know uh, job satisfaction we're talking about if people like say stability in employment variety of work challenging complex tasks versus um, stability the ability to collaborate and share ideas or you know the uh, the workplace environment allowing them to be reflective and introspective and you know, being focused as an individual. So if we understand that, then we can, as employers or as, as consultants for, for firms, recommend the best uh, course of action to employee retention strategies. Sure. So you mentioned a lot of different ways to apply PI in the workplace, and one of them is in recruitment. So these days, a lot of companies are actually using personality assessment in the interview stage and they even rule out certain candidates who don't seem to be compatible with the company culture or personality of the of the team so do you think that's um, how you can use PI? Uh, this is a good question Chen because this is something that gets asked by our clients quite a fair bit um, it's very tempting to use these behavioral assessments uh, in the hiring and selection process uh, as, as potentially a screen or as uh, a result that enables a, a pass or, or not pass result. Uh, people are very complex, so what I find has worked well for Typhoon and the organisations where we've provided the, the PI coaching services is that it's good to use PI as an input into that hiring and selection process. You'll notice that uh, candidates actually come with different backgrounds. Um, in a, depending on an organization's hiring policy, you're probably looking at cognitive ability, so um, what we call you know smarts. We're looking at capability, which is a skill set that people bring to the workplace. Um, experience falls into that bucket. A lot of people look at 
you know, cultural alignment and values, so how well they can work in a team. So the PI is an input that can support all three of these dimensions. It's um, scientifically validated that the, the behavioural assessment can assess uh, data points that can kind of reaffirm or, or validate whether there, there is alignment between the candidate and the organisation. The, my advice would be to not use the PI as a screening tool. Uh, the PI should be to add additional um, data points for if the candidate goes to subsequent rounds, then you can use the PI to ask much more specific interview questions that are relevant for that individual. Uh, you reduce the risk of having what I call cookie cutter or basic interview questions. If you know, for example, uh, you have a, a highly engaged employee or candidate that is, let's say, very individualistic, uh, likes to set very clear, tangible targets, um, works at a faster than usual pace, then it may be good to ask questions that ask the candidate uh, if they're put in a position where, you know, they need to work as part of a team, it's a slower than uh, average pace work, work environment, how would they perform? Uh, would that be a stress for them or how can they overcome that? Um, I think these questions would give you more insight as opposed to relying on the PI result to say whether this candidate is a fit or not. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I'd like to focus on that you, you've used this phrase common language a few times and just as you know Chen and I and Arthur as, as all being uh, employees of Typhoon and all having gone through this uh, predictive index you know practice and, and, uh, and assessment the common language is something I think that sets it apart from being an external like we were just talking a, a tool basically for recruiting um, or screening and a tool that's uh, mainly used internally. So can you tell us a little bit more about how uh, this common language works as kind of a, uh, a connection tool socially and professionally between consultants? Sure. Um, so I think, Michael, one thing you've raised which is very important is the common language. Uh, and I'll use uh, other assessments just as a benchmark. So for those who've been familiar with the, the Myers-Briggs, the MBTI, uh, the 16 combinations, you know, uh, INTJ, ESFJ, there are a lot of different categories to define uh, who an individual is. But that relies on people having been through the process and understand what those 16 combinations mean. So it's not effective as a, as a common language. The good thing about the PI is uh, we measure people on spectrums and by using uh, the factors, so A for dominance, B for extra vision, uh, C for patience, D for formality, and saying whether this person is a high A or low A. Um, so a high A person is someone who likes independence, uh, control their activities, enjoys being challenged, uh, likes to see things, the big picture, versus someone who's a low A who's... Um, preferences for encouragement, um, harmony and, and team recognition uh, to, from teamwork, uh, you know, freedom from individual competition. So that allows you to say, oh, um, for example, you know, Arthur's dealing with a candidate and this candidate exhibits a high A, a moderate B, high C, a low D uh, dimension. Using that as a common language, we can quickly get a snapshot and feel for an individual and uh, it makes it very easy for us to communicate, whether individually or as a team. 
uh, one thing that we didn't touch on uh, today, but will be as part of a future session is when you overlay the results of PIs of many individuals and you look at it from a team perspective or from a workforce, uh, then the results get quite interesting because you've got data points to look at team analytics and understand team norms, team dynamics, uh, and you know uh, team biases as well. So you can look at if, say, a particular team has a natural bias to one of these factors, then how do you uh, have individuals that can complement that or bring in diversity to ensure that you know a team doesn't have a group think or uh, doesn't have particular blind spots. So I think that that's key and is a benefit of having one a common language and two having more people apply it because then they become more self-aware as well. People are very complex, but you said that for PI, it only considers four factors. Do you think that runs the risk of simplifying every personality? Yes, uh, so that's a good question, Chen, because I think whilst the tool is simple and it's easy to administer, um, it's been validated by a lot of science. So two million, uh, sorry, 20 million assessments taken to date, you know, around 60 years of uh, application, uh, 500 different validation studies applied to 12 different countries, seven different languages. So whilst the tool itself is quite easy to administer, there's actually a lot of um, depth, I would say, to that. And we've only spoken about the PI uh, today. The predictive index suite also includes uh, a cognitive assessment, which is called the learning index as well. So when you measure people about uh, in terms of their behaviour, and their cognitive ability that gives you a better view of the whole individual. No assessment can really truly capture uh, who a person really is, um, everyone's unique, but having a tool that allows you to look at factors in terms of drivers, needs, behaviours and outcomes is something that I find quite uh, rare from a uh, behavioural assessment perspective and PI is something that we've found to be quite highly accurate and a very good input and predictor of how individuals behave and you know how we can get the best uh, you know outcome and success from them so yes it's a difficult question I think a lot of people feel that they can complete the PI in less than uh, five minutes whereas most other assessments Myers-Briggs or DIS depending on the individual can take 20 minutes to half an hour to complete. I think time to complete the assessment is not a proxy or an indicator of accuracy here. Okay so I guess my last question would be how accurate do you think PI is? So as a practitioner here in Hong Kong I think I've done over 40, I'm coming over to 50 readbacks now, combination of uh, people in Typhoon, uh, friends of Typhoon, uh, clients and prospective clients and so far the feedback I've got has been, it's been very accurate. Uh, a lot of people find it, I uh, wouldn't say uncomfortable, but surprisingly accurate given the time and investment that they spent to complete the assessment. Right. Sometimes there are a few surprises and when we go through mm -hmm. the detailed feedback and, and what we call a readback session and we look at some of the reasons why this may be the case and we look at uh, previous scenarios then you know uh, people then realize that oh because the the results that they get can be quite situational so but for me i found it to be very accurate and i think a lot of people have found it to be a quite a enjoyable and eye-opening experience okay absolutely yeah uh so that, that, that's a pretty good stopping point, and it's a good uh, lead into uh, the future of this series. So in the next few episodes, it'll, it'll most likely be another two. 
we'll do a little bit of a deep dive into the actual detailed applications of, of the PI um, with Arthur back as the guest, absolutely, as our resident expert. So that's the end of this episode. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, at Typhoon Buzz. Follow us on Facebook. And tune into our website for our POVs and other content, typhoonconsulting.com. Thanks. Thank you. See ya. See ya.